0: Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm Bill Kelly. Today, Hamilton City Council has decided to move forward with an external independent investigation into why the 2013 report on the Red Hill was buried. The Commons Justice Committee is going to probe the SNC-Lavalin situation, but with a limited scope. And also, Hamilton Council voted against Council Maureen Wilson's pitch to shake up the process to choose a new city manager. The Bill Kelly Podcast starts now. Today, on the Bill Kelly Show, on 900 CHML. Well, Listen, we're going to cover an awful lot of what happened last night at City Council. It was a marathon session uh, that finished at around 3 in the morning. This is one of the few times, I think, probably the only time in about the last how many years I've been working at this radio station, that uh, that Ken Mann, who covers City Hall for us, was actually still in the newsroom when I came into work at 4.30 this morning, because he had to finish writing the story. He'd just gotten back from here. It's just ridiculous. Uh, as to what... They did and how effective that was? Well, we're going to get into that. Joining us right now, though, to kind of kick off and and set the scene for this is Deanna Allain, who is a Hamilton resident, who has been very engaged, of course, in a number of city hall policies over the last little while. Uh, She was there last night for the whole thing. Uh, Deanna, first of all, uh, thanks for joining us. It was a long night and uh, an early morning, I guess, for you. Having me, Bill. Good to have you with us today. What, uh, t- give me your impression of what you saw last night. I know that a lot of it was held behind closed doors, but you you hung out there. You wanted to find out what was going on. What were your impressions?
1: Yeah, so I, I only stayed until midnight. That was my cutoff, and then I was following online on Twitter all the way until the journalists um, that stuck it out. I know you were saying Ken was there. Um, I, I can't imagine how tired they all are today. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're still sleeping. I think he's sleeping um,
0: in. I hope so, anyway.
1: Yeah, that was a, it was five hours of in-camera session, so um, I... Uh, I think there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not they were only getting legal advisement at that time. They're not supposed to debate anything about the Red Hill Valley Parkway behind closed doors. Um, So I'm sure there's a little bit of speculation about that. Um, I know that the motion Maureen Wilson put forward about the city manager hiring uh, unfortunately failed uh, but she gave a very moving speech um, about the the reasons why that needs to go forward. Um, and uh, it was very principled of herself and Councillor Nan and uh, Councillor Danko as well to uh, support that. Um, now, listen, one of
0: the things that you've uh, tweeted about, and you've been very vocal about over the last little while, is transparency, mm-hmm. or the lack of. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned in my commentary at 810 this morning, did you not find it ironic that they were behind closed doors for five hours to talk about transparency?
1: Yeah, it <laughs> the irony was definitely yeah, Did you notice there. a it disconnect there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... Uh, Part of it as well, um, the language that they use, I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the motion yet, but the language that they used in the motion itself, it sounds a lot like uh, one of those motions for a feasibility study that they put forward a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so in many ways, it was just showing that they're going to look into doing something. And it was good that they're looking into a judicial external review, and they're getting that external advisement. But...
0: But I got the impression, not- though, as I read through this, I wanted to get your read on this. I got the impression that when they said, well, because they, they did not commit to a judicial review, they said they had to look at other options, yes. which which kind of sounds to me like they're kicking it down the road again.
1: And, and, I mean, the amount of money it'll cost to get an expert like that to advise them, um, I think if they're going to put that kind of money out, there should have been some kind of an explicit statement of at least intent that that's what they wanted to do.
0: But again, it just seems to me that they're trying to find the most difficult way to get this thing done. You know, they said they need to get some legal advice on, on how to do this. I, I had a, a lawyer on the show yesterday, Dan, I don't mm-hmm. know if he had a chance to listen to it, who yep. has, had been involved in judicial reviews in the past. He was involved in the Walkerton Judicial Review, in fact. Uh, and he said, look, it's easy peasy. What you do is you either petition the attorney general of the province or you go through the Ontario Circuit Court and they will appoint somebody. And that, mm-hmm. that way it is totally, instead these guys know I want to report back and then we'll decide how we're going to do this and what are the parameters going to be. Uh, if if council is going to have any say at all in that, then it's not an independent investigation.
1: No, um, but I think one of the biggest factors in this as well is if they're if they're getting this report back and then they're going to debate it, we're in for another marathon meeting.
0: Oh yeah, you can count on that. <laughs> so you did they solve anything? Did they resolve anything at all for you yesterday?
1: Um, I think they made quite clear um, on the city manager matter that they're not going to uh, change anything that they're doing. They're not changing any of their practices. Um, They're going forward with this plan, and they're going to hire whoever they hire through this process. And I just hope that they move to a little bit more accountability and democracy um, in letting us at least attend these public meetings.
0: Well, uh, you've been adamant about that and persistent about that, too, and uh, I'm I'm glad they covered the issue. I'm not so sure that you're pleased with the outcome of this whole thing, and we don't even know what the outcome of this other hearing is going to be. Stay with it, and if you're going to the next meeting, uh, I guess it's in 30 days they're expecting a report back. Uh, You better bring a sleeping bag, Deanna.
1: Yeah, I'll be there. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Deanna Elaine, of course, a very concerned Hamilton resident. You know, she's been very vocal on social media, too. About the lack of transparency and and again I'm, I'm not trying to be flippant here I just find it ironic that that five hours behind closed doors to get advice I assume that we could have given them in 30 seconds because we talked about that on the show yesterday it's not that difficult to initiate a judicial review why did they dance around that issue I'm, I don't know I'd, I'd like to get the answer to that but I as, as I read through this and I talked to Ken Mann who was there just as I say who was just leaving when I was coming into work today uh, I'm not so sure that, that there's a whole lot of clarity here. Laura Babcock, president of Power Group, is going to join us right now. She's been following this story, too, and, and uh, we're going back and forth on Twitter. Laura, thanks for the time today. It's a busy day.
2: It is, and may I just say that I look forward to hosting the Red Carpet special at the opening of the Westdale tonight with Graham Crawford. Well, that's he's going to be on the show later perhaps.
0: on. Yeah, that's going to be an awful exactly. lot of fun. <laughs> uh, no Red Carpet for city councilors last night. Uh, kind of, If I can quote Shakespeare, much ado about nothing.
2: Actually, there's three points on this, three observations that I have, Bill, and I've been in meetings of this nature where people are trying to look at what to do about a scandal and public perception. Number one is you don't meet for five hours in secret if your goal is transparency. You spend that kind of time trying to figure out a survival strategy to the scandal. That's number one. Number two is that not all judicial inquiries, not all inquiries, investigations, external ones are the same they're not all equal the devil is literally in the details and if council decides to go with something other than a judicial investigation we may never find out who did it we might just get recommendations about how to change the city and we might just find out you know some some basic overview stuff about new policies that we need to put in place people in the city want accountability people want to know who knew when did they know it what did they do to be a part of this cover-up they betrayed us And I think last night they betrayed their fear by equivocating and by asking for more time. And my third observation is that if they had really wanted to pursue with intent a judicial investigation, they could have found out in the next two or three days from a lawyer what that looks like, had their answers, and gone forward and approved it at the next council meeting. The fact that they asked for an entire month to find out what they could find out in a couple of hours is them trying to run out the clock on the public outrage about this it's a tactic that we've seen so many times before we have a lot of scar tissue from this council doing this kind of kick the can down the road thing and hope we all forget but you know we're pretty tough we're we're pretty scarred and i don't think that they're going to get away with it this time the fact that people like deanna who you just had on stayed there and, and watched it till midnight and then was there watching till three in the morning online that tells me that you know people are really serious about transparency from this council and the red hill might
0: have just been the tipping point. There's a a, a couple of things about this and and I've been there done that I mean I was on council for nine years and I I I don't think I ever get to a meeting that was as long as the one that was last night but but you're right there's a concern about what goes on behind closed doors and 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 again as I just said to Deanna we we had a a lawyer on yesterday who has been involved in judicial reviews and he says it's not a difficult process to initiate it. it it takes a phone call and an explanation and by the way if you want to call the Attorney General of this province, he's already aware of this because his Minister of Transportation has already ordered a, a release of the documents. So the, the province is already on side with this. It's not as if they say, what Red Hill thing? I don't know what you're talking about. It, it, they're making a mountain out of a, well, Oh, it is a mountain already, but they're making it into a bigger mountain. And again, if this is council always wanting to have their hands on this. That's not what an independent requir- inquiry is about.
2: They want control. The words that the mayor used at 3 in the morning about reasonable inquiry suggest that they want to somehow contain this. They want to control it. You know what? I hate to say it, but the drivers on the Red Hill for the last six years or the last however many years, also wanted to have reasonable control on the road and it may just turn out that because council hid the information from us or the city hid the information from us we'll find out hopefully who was involved uh they didn't get control they weren't allowed to they were denied control of their vehicle on that road so why should council get control out of an investigation i have seen this language a thousand times before bill we know what it means it means they are stalling They are saying, you know, if we pull the trigger on a judicial investigation, we can't control what this judge will independently find out and whose heads will roll. So what we want to do instead is try to placate the public by saying, no, 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 we we want to do something independent. But did you notice that the mayor kept focusing on the perception Of independence. He didn't talk about finding out the truth, at least not in anything that I saw. And I could be wrong there, Bill, but when you're talking about managing perception, you're talking about a public relations exercise. You're not committed to the people of this city and to finding out the truth. And I don't think any of us should fall for that.
0: Look, There are a couple of examples, and, and I know that some people may say it's apples and oranges, but it's not really. It, it's about process. Uh, one is the Mueller investigation that's going on down in the states, and we've already seen there have been political attempts there to try to control where he can go, who he can talk to, etc., uh, etc. Et we saw another example of it yesterday on Parliament Hill with the the Judicial Caucus, where the liberals said, okay, we'll do the inquiry, but you don't need to talk to them, don't talk to her, and don't talk to uh, Wilson-Raybould either. That That's scuttling the whole purpose of this thing, so you're going to get this tidy little thing that's going say don't look under that rock don't look under that rock that's if you want a clear investigation if you want to discover the truth that you have a judge do this and you let that judge go where they need to go to get the truth without any parameters
2: precisely so the question that we all need to be asking this morning is why why are they not willing despite all of their you know outrage and all the stuff they've been expressing all the big crocodile tears for the last week why are they not willing to do what we all ask them to do which is just let's start to heal get a judge in there find out what happened don't put these families through anything more let's just find out the truth as 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 nasty as it might be we can handle it what i don't think we deserve is 30 more days of stalling and of nonsense and of crocodile tears and faux outrage if they really really were committed to the truth then they would have simply done the judicial investigation what they did instead was say, let's hope that we can kind of placate the city, give them a little bit, fool them on some technical process here, stall it out and see whether there's really an appetite for a full investigation in a month. Well, you know what? I don't think they're going to get away with it with Trudeau and the SNN-Lavalin because I think the national media is going to be all over that tactic, just as you are this morning. You bet. Are they going to get away with this here in Hamilton? It entirely depends on how much we insist that I believe firmly bill that people treat you as well as you demand that they do if we let them get away with this, then what else is being covered up at City Hall, and how much are they ever going to be truthful and transparent? Uh, Pox on all their houses from last night. I don't care how long they sat in there and fought about it, what they came out with, the outcome wasn't good enough.
0: Look, in, there's, uh, I know You're tearing the, the band-aid off an old wound here, and it's about the City Hall culture, and 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 I know that a lot of people are concerned about this, and, and councillors and city staff out in, in different times have said, no, 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 there's no problem here. Well, there is, and, and you know what it is? It's a matter of that everybody's been there for so long that relationships develop. A council should have absolutely no hands-on experience at all with this investigation because they know each other. I mean, some of these staff members have, have been on city council or and the councilors for like 20, 25 years, some of these people. Get away from this and point somebody oh. else and you know, just get your – everything council seems to want to do, they want to have their hands all over it.
2: Well, Bill, and you've been on the inside, and I've been pretty close to it, and you and I both know this is a load of nonsense every single counselor for the next month should be asked one question every time they open their mouth and say that they're concerned about the families and the victims of the red hill and all these you know 800 collisions and all the rest of us being lied to the question to them all should be yeah well then why didn't you vote for a judicial investigation why not why not and if they come up with something oh well you know we didn't fully have the information well then how come you couldn't find that out in a sense of urgency in 48 hours And then move the vote. You've done emergency meetings before. Why not? Why not? I think that they're putting out a spin. They're hoping that it's going to work. I don't think it should. I didn't lose a family member or a friend on the Red Hill, but I certainly know that my city lied to me for the last six years, and that's betrayal, and I don't deserve that. My kids don't deserve that. None of us deserve that. So this is really going to come down to Hamiltonians. Are we really going to care, or are we going to throw up our arms and say, oh, same old, same old? It's always like this. It's corrupt. It's never going to change. I don't think we should. I think we should say judicial investigation, nothing less. And if they really want to find out, they can get that advice from a lawyer in 48 hours. They don't need a month.
0: Well, five hours behind closed doors, I just find is, is ridiculous to come out with the oh, statement you know, right. and a well-crafted, a well-crafted motion that, that really skirts around the issue.
2: Well, that's the whole point. These guys are, I said on your show last time I was there in the studio that Hamilton Council has a really great gift, they can survive almost anything. Some of them have done it for decades. How do they do it? They do it by kicking things down the road, by making things seem obscure and making things seem difficult and technical. I mean, there was even a motion that I saw last night, potentially, that was going to go forward that was going to ask staff to come back with, you know, recommendations on how to proceed on an investigation of the very same staff. I mean, what kind of nonsense do they think we're going to accept? Uh, you know, It's 2019. We have matured as a city. I think there are a lot of great young leaders like Deanna who are really in tune and awake and aware. We have some new members of council. It's on all of us, for our sake and our kids' sake, to say a nothing less than a judicial investigation, a full public inquiry, is what we need. Anything less than that, even if they say it's external and independent, doesn't guarantee we're ever going to find out what really happened. And we deserve the truth. Nothing less.
0: Laura Babcock, president of Power Group. As always, Laura, thanks so much for the time.
2: Thanks,
0: Bill. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Right now, though, I want to turn the page and, and go to federal politics, where at least we know that, you know, there's no way up in Ottawa they would ever carry on a judicial review like, like city council is suggesting. they just go right down the board and do everything according to the rules and make sure that everything that could, needs to come out comes out. Right? No, not at all. Uh, the Commons Justice Committee uh, met yesterday uh, to deal with the NSC-Lavalin situation and, of course, uh, former Attorney General, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould. And uh, they decided, okay, we'll do an investigation because there's a lot of public pressure here, but we don't really need to call Ms. Wilson-Raybould. Now, why would they? I mean, she's only the key figure in this whole thing, right? But no, no, you see, the Liberals dominated this thing, and uh, they've decided to to basically, I guess, you know, put the fix in here. Richard Brennan, retired journalist for the Toronto Star, covered Queen's Park and Parliament Hill for many years, I wanted to get his take on this. Richard, thanks so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Oh, jeez. I'm not surprised by this. I mean, we, we knew this was going to happen, didn't we, that all of a sudden he's going to say, okay, let me set the rules here.
3: Well, of course. I mean, when you have a, a committee awaited by the liberals, uh, you know, that's the decision. But, Bill, I'll tell you, you've heard the old expression, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, in this case, where there's smoke, there's liars. Uh, because somebody is not telling the truth here you you when you see a government scramble like the liberals are right now you know there's something more than something to that story as told to us by the golden mail
0: well uh, you know and at first uh, there was a, a little bit of wiggle room to say well maybe it's not true maybe the, you know uh, and then when you start walking it back and saying yeah i s- well i did talk to them but we didn't talk about that all of a sudden, that just, you know, it blows the credibility right out of the water.
3: Well, as, as, as I tweeted this morning, uh, I said, you know, if there was any d- doubt before, there's no doubt now. The, the liberals are really in trouble here. And, and it couldn't come at a worse time, you know, with an election this fall. They, you know, when you start messing around with the attorney general or directing the attorney general To help your folks, as is alleged at the SNC Lavellin, then we're 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 into you know any government does something like that is in a heap of trouble.
0: And and that's that's one issue, and it's a big issue. It's the issue, as a matter of fact. But then all of a sudden, of course, it comes Uh down to this idea about this judicial committee, and we already know, of course, they're the 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 government. It's a majority government, so they can they have the majority of members on the committee. Uh, just like you know, the, the Harper Conservatives had the majority of members. Uh, remember when they did the Carl Hans Schreiber investigation, and, and Stephen Harper was pretty adamant: you can't investigate this, you can't talk about this. They tried to control it; it was damage control. We get that, but this one is so blatant, and and it, uh, the timing of this, and, and the information that's around this, and you've had—you know—it's not just about whether or not there was anybody that was trying to tip the scales in favor of NS, SNC-Lavalin. It uh, there's a there's a minister who's resigned over this. I mean, answers need to be uh, obtained here, and basically, what this committee said uh, is simply: you know what? It's not important.
3: Well, I, I don't know if Wilson Rapel will be able to testify because she's been thrown in the bus so many times by the PM. Uh, it's it is really really something. You know, you talked about you talked to you about the Schreiber hearings. Well, you know, the government didn't want to do any, you know, they didn't, they wanted to set the parameters, Harper did. They wanted to set the parameters, you can't talk to this person, you can't talk to that person. But in the end, it was independently investigated, as this will be, as this will have to be. And that's when we're, that's the only time we're going to get at a semblance of the truth, because this committee's not going to reveal anything, believe me. Well, well it covered them, covered them. I covered Schreiber. I've covered many committee meetings in Ottawa, and it really, very seldom do they get it the truth. It usually takes an independent inquiry, as we know will happen here.
0: And we predicted this the minute that the you know the, the MPs decided they wanted to at least ask for this to happen, because we've seen these. You covered these. You sat in these rooms for many years here, you know, Badger, and what you get. Is is you get the government MPs tossing softballs at the government witnesses, and the, the opposition MPs trying to make political statements and and trying to you know catch them off guard. It's a it's a political circus. It's not an investigation at all.
3: Well, yeah, it's it's a kangaroo court. That's that's exactly what it is. You 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 get you like you say you get the opposition grandstanding. Well, Of course, that's what you expect. But then you get you know you get you know uh, as I call government witnesses, which will say the right things. And then when gets, anybody gets up and says anything damaging towards the government, all the all the government members will do is belittle that witness, and I've seen that time and time again.
0: And. and- you know, we've seen, I mean, we saw that with the Senate investigations about what was going on at the Trump investigation as well before Robert Mueller got involved in it. It's It, it really serves no purpose at all, aside from the political grandstanding. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, the MPs even asked to do this. I mean, they, they know what goes on at these sorts of things. And uh, I'm surprised. I mean, I was I was half expecting the liberals uh, to say, no, we're not even going to strike the committee to investigate this because they didn't want it to go down that road. To, but, but I think it's even worse what they're doing now because it's all a farce
3: i think they would have been better off if they said we aren't you know we'll wait till this independent inquiries uh gets into gear and leave it at that you know they probably i think they just did themselves more damage by even saying that they would hold some kind of committee uh, you know the backstory. the back story here is and I've, and I've maintained this for a lot of years this is what happens when you give unelected officials way too much power and I think that will be revealed in spades at the end of this that people like butts and Bouchard and you know senior advisors you know they do the dirty work and they and you know for the politicians but they also often act on their own and they wield you know when when they come in uh, an MP's office or they come into a cabinet minister's office These people wield an amazing amount of power. It's it's often very frightening to the person that they're going to meet because they know, in effect, they're they're talking for the the PMO. And I just want to, I think in the end, we're going to find out it was somebody in his, the PMO, that you know that laid the lumber to Wilson Rabel. That's what it, I, I'm. I'm convinced of it.
0: Listen, in all the years you've been covering federal and provincial politics, why do they allow that to happen? Because time and time again, Badger, we hear these stories. It's never front page news. It's it's inside baseball stuff, but you guys know about it as reporters, uh, the folks that are in, in parliament in, or the legislature, whichever it is, they're aware of it. It's basically the the office of the premier or the prime minister invariably have these people that are they're basically the henchmen. And I, I'm sorry, that's that's a, a pretty you know upfront phrase about this, and it may be an unfair characterization, but their job is to do the arm twisting and sometimes to threaten MPPs and simply or P, MPs and say do this or you're toast. And and Nigel Wright was like that. What was it? Doug Finley years ago. The late Doug oh, Finley was like oh, that. Oh yes.
3: Oh absolutely. I mean, they they just they feel because they, you know, they've kissed the ring and they've got all the power that they, they need.
0: But why does the prime minister, whoever that prime minister or premier might be, why do they allow that to happen? Is, is it a well, good it, cop it, bad cop thing? It,
3: no, it's it a bit of that, but it's really a separation. You know, when you get somebody else to do your dirty work, you can you can. You know, stand back and say, "Well, I, I had nothing to do with this," and that's how they get away with it. They, 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 they get these folks to do their, their bidding, and and you know, and claim innocence.
0: Well, we saw that with the gas plant investigation, didn't we?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I just uh, man, I, I I I like I say, I just can't I can't help but read everything I can on this because it's so, again. Just another government for no good reason shooting themselves in the foot. And it's say old adage, you know, people don't vote out governments, they vote themselves out. And, you know, and that could very well happen here. The only thing that the liberals got going for them right now is sheer is a relative unknown and, and saying is basically nowhere. And that's, they're banking on that to the nth degree, but I'm not so sure. You can
0: count on it, but you know there's there's an atmosphere, of, and this goes on all the time. I mean, you saw you've written about this. Other people have written about this. We know that there's lots of lobbying that goes on in Ottawa, and we know that that NSC Lavalon given the situation they're in, we're talking to people. They talked to Andrew Shear, They talked to the Prime Minister's Office. I'm sure they talk to other people too, the Economic Development Minister, and all of them. That goes on all the time. And this, and it, legally, there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's the nature of the biz. Obviously, unless there's you know favors are tendered or whatever the case might be. So, of course, there was a conversation that went on, and probably with somebody in the prime minister's office about what was going on. And of course, as as John Iverson wrote about the other day in the National Post, they they you know what they would have been derelict in their duties if they didn't look into this because the consequences of a conviction against Laval are going to be significant, you know, job-wise, et cetera, for the company and for the the Quebec economy especially and even to a greater extent the the Canadian economy. So yeah, they need to have that discussion. But when you cross that line and say, "Okay, this is what we need to do then to make sure that doesn't happen." Uh, you know that you're going into into the netherworld, and yet somebody did that, whether it was somebody in the Prime Minister's office, excuse me, or the Prime Minister himself, I, we, don't, we don't know. But it's clear that there was pressure put onto the adjour- Attorney General to do something about it, by whom we don't know. But that's what this investigation should be about. And the Liberals seem to be saying, OK, there might have been a short misstep, but the further they get into this, it's like that old phrase that you've talked to us about many times. It's not so much the crime, it's the cover-up that really gets them in trouble.
3: Absolutely. But the, the the basic problem here with the Liberals, and I've said this to my colleagues many times over the past many years, that there's nobody that goes from zero to arrogance faster than a Liberal, particularly at the federal level, because they feel they're the governing party of this country. And they always, it may maybe take a second term or not, but they always get caught up in something like this. It's stinks to high heaven and that happens when you think you're you're you know that you're untouchable
0: yeah well they should have found out and discovered that nobody is i mean it, it happened i and we saw the same sort of thing happen with the ad scam in other words the sponsorship scandal uh where they thought yeah go ahead and do the investigation it's not going to rub off on us well yeah it did it, it probably cost them a 2005 election there were other factors i know but you you just can't you can't just think that you know what we're we're you know we're Teflon.
3: Well, they're they're going to find that out, and very soon. Uh, I just uh, you know, you said you said before, and you know, you expect SCN-Lavalin, a huge company in Quebec. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it employs thousands of people. You would think that the government, you know, a number one would not like to see any jobs lost would sit down and talk to N- NFC level, but you don't expect that they would push the Attorney General into sock corner, forcing her, basically, to resign and then resign again and, and, and leave the Cabinet. And this, this goes so much against what they promised in the last election, that they open and transparent government like you've never seen before. Well, it turns out, you know, the new boss is the same as the old boss.
0: Yep, exactly. And and listen, and we're not looking at this with rose-colored glasses, and we're not naive. We know that lobbying goes on. Uh, the, the example I always remind myself of is a few years ago, remember when Tony Clement was the industry minister, and they announced they were going to open up bandwidth and, and free the markets now for telecom? And remember, within about eight hours, Verizon said, yeah, we want in. The next day, Clement backtracked and said, no, we've changed our minds. We're not going to do that. Well, you know damn well that was because Bell and Rogers and everybody else oh. was on the phone. Oh. Of but but and that's policy, okay? That's one thing how you see lobbying can influence. But this is a different scenario. This is not just about policy. This is about a legal process that that Laval is involved in. And the government's got to learn that they got to keep hands off. And somebody apparently said to heck with it and doing it anyway.
3: Well, it, it, I, I had to chuckle to myself when he said he wouldn't release uh, Wilson Raybould from, you know, her confidentiality agreement as attorney general uh, client you know lawyer client relationships because she's the only one let's face it that can tell us what the heck went on but he doesn't want that he, he doesn't want he doesn't want her speaking out and letting the public know what really happened these guys will just like any other government will do everything possible to keep the lid on this but you know what happens to a pressure cooker you keep the lid on too long
0: (laughs) but and and, and this is only it's only the latest example i mean this is the thing that frustrating you and i have i think just chronicled in the last few minutes it doesn't matter what political stripe it is i mean it just seems to be the culture in in government that you know what once we're in power once we hold the corner office we can do this i mean you know we mentioned about the harper thing i mean there were there were things with mulroney there were things with Cretchen uh, and you would have thought that, the, that Mr. Trudeau, the Prime Minister Trudeau now, would have thought, you know, history has shown us that we better not go there. And and maybe it wasn't him. As a matter of fact, this, even the indications for people that seem to have insider information here are not suggesting he was the one that was responsible for this or somebody in his office. Uh, but it, then maybe what you do is you have to hang somebody out to dry and, and try to maintain the integrity, and that hasn't happened yet.
3: Uh, yeah, well, they will hang out somebody to dry, and you know it'll be some low-level functionary. That's what it will be. It won't be, you know, it won't be Gerald Bunch, for example, who's, who's been best friends with Trudeau since they were in university. No, it'll be, it'll be, somebody will take the rap for this, but it'll be somebody that has very little to do with it. That's my take on it.
0: Well, we'll see. For the waiting for the other shoe to drop, uh, Richard. As always, thanks so much for the time today. Okay, thanks, Bill. You betcha. Richard Brennan, of course, who uh, covered Queens Park and Parliament Hill for many, many years, before, so for the uh, Toronto Star. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. There was a uh, raucous session to City Council last night. Uh, we mentioned finished up at about three in the morning after about a but huge, huge uh, closed door session to talk about the Red Hill file, and uh, we've covered that pretty extensively in the first hour of the program. But as we mentioned, there were some other issues uh, to do with, uh, including a couple of motions that we had highlighted for you earlier in the week. One of them being Brad Clark's motion about uh, clarifying cost overruns on the uh, the LRT project. Uh, you may remember Donna Skelly uh, opined on our show a week or two ago now that uh, any cost overruns were going to be with the responsibility of uh, Hamilton City Council. Well, from, in other words, you and me as taxpayers. Uh, and, of course, they're going to send a letter off. And I'm, <laughs> i I got to tell you something. I, I've been doing some investigation into that. And, uh, and nobody wants to go on the record from Toronto, as whether it's Metrolinks or at, uh, at Queens Park. But uh, it, it's uh, you know when they get the response back from the province about that motion, but you know whether Hamilton's going to be responsible, I'd be afraid to open the envelope because it may be some bad news. And uh, but that's a discussion we'll have obviously when there's an official word. If in fact they do actually give us a, a re- re- response to this, uh, and we'll see it in passage of time. But there was another motion yesterday too that uh, Councillor Maureen Wilson put forward. And it had to do with the, the hiring practices and the, and the, basically the protocol. Uh, as you know, Hamilton is uh, in the process of hiring a new city manager, and uh, some of the councilors, including some of the uh, newly appointed councilors, of course, in the last municipal election, had some concerns about process, who was allowed to make this decision, and uh, and well, the criterion that's going to be used. Uh, Maureen Wilson, Councilor Maureen Wilson joins us uh, on the show to talk about this. Maureen, how are you doing this morning after a long night?
4: It was a long night. Um, I'm very well, though.
0: Thank you. <laughs> you guys just used a sleeping bag in your office and just got back to work because I know you had a, a committee meeting at 9:30 this morning. So things mm-hmm. go on. Uh, also, I want to bring John Paul Danko into this, uh, who was there last night, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, John Paul, thanks for coming in here. You were one of the few people on council that supported Maureen's motion last night, right?
5: Yeah, it did. I was proud to uh, support Councilor Wilson and Councilor Nan in the, in their uh, in their push for uh, inclusiveness and diversity.
0: Okay, let's maybe back up just a little bit. If we could, Maureen, and maybe you could explain exactly what the motion was and 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 what council was debating yesterday.
4: Certainly, the motion the motion was of two parts. A little bit of history: the previous council, prior to the last municipal election, um, set out who and how the next city manager was to be hired. Even though um, the composition of council changed substantially, a third of council is now new, and a half of the members of council are now, are now women. So in effect, the previous council was determining how um, this council's city manager process was to, to move forward. And my motion was to say, wait a minute, um, that city manager will be accountable um, to this council. Uh, it is our only hire Um, So this council and all of its members uh, should be involved in determining who gets to sit on the recruitment and how that process is done. And the second part of the motion was to um, adopt a best practice that is being used by corporations, including our very own DeFasco um, uh, across uh, North America and beyond to make sure that we apply what's called an EDI lens so that we know we are getting um, the very best at, at the table when we're doing our recruitment.
0: So, sounds reasonable. Uh, you've researched this, as you, as you do, uh, with, with these motions. And this was not done in an arbitrary fashion. Uh, just simply say, we don't like this and we're not included. So, you know, let's have a hissy fit. Uh, you've, you've stated precedent on this, and you've stated that there are other companies and corporations that are following through on this. Uh, so, for the sake of our listeners who did not see the meeting last night, uh, what kind of response did you get?
4: Well, the motion lost 12 to 3, <laughs> so there wasn't a, a great uptake uh, in in moving forward and adopting a best practice and including newly elected members um, on that uh, recruitment committee.
0: I And I've been on the record, I've talked about this on the program in the past. Uh, And because I remember at that point discussing when Chris Murray announced his resignation that he was heading off to Toronto, uh, the council at that time said, well, we're going to hold this off and we're going to kick this down the road like they do so many other things and and let the new council pick the city manager. And I thought, "Okay, that's fine. But then they said, yeah, but we'll decide who's going to be able to do that. I mean, that's that's there's a bit of a double standard there, isn't there?
4: Well, what we found from the uh, experts, the delegates who appeared before um, Council last week was that what happens over time is when you are in an organization or if you are a member of Council, um, you have many skills and insights that come to the table, but after a while, um, your view and perspectives begin to n- begin to narrow um, and the value of bringing in um, newly elected members of Council is A, we are all elected um, in the same way, we are all equal, and two, we also have diverse views and skills and perspectives that our electorate, uh, that's why we were elected. They valued those perspectives, they valued those skills, and they want them to be applied in everything we do. So...
0: And and they were, in, I, I think, is is the thing that I think bothers an awful lot of people, John Paul. I mean, yeah, you're new to council, uh, but I mean, you've got a long history, of course, in in the business world, and 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 Maureen, of course, a, a long service in in the administrative side of municipal politics for the longest time. You guys didn't just fall out of a tree. Uh, you may be new to this city council, but you're not new to to the process, nor new to the to the issues that are facing this community.
5: Exactly, and I think that is one of the big strengths of our council. To be to be honest, is that we do have such a, a huge diversity of life experience and uh, and job experience and, and everything around the, around that table, and that's that's one of the big strengths. And, and unfortunately, in this circumstance, um, I don't think that was fully leveraged in the formal selection committee that's going to hire. What is probably one of the most important jobs that this term of council is going to do.
0: I, I mean, I've seen this process, and I know when you and I talked about this uh, a week or so ago, John Paul, uh, I guess they kind of extended an auto branch to you and said, look, at you, you can show up at the meeting if you want to, but the, you know, the, the interview process, but you're not allowed to talk, uh, which I thought was a little bit silly, uh, because obviously as a counselor, uh, you and Maureen are going to have to vote on this at some point. Uh, there's going to be a recommendation from this committee, and uh, I'm sure there's questions you would like to have asked.
5: That's right. And to a certain extent, the, the, the questions, the interview process is controlled by the um, by the consultant that, sure. that we've hired to to do that. So those questions are scripted in advance, so it's not ad-lib around the table. But to have a formal say in that setting on the committee, it, it's important. And I think one of our delegates um, last week said it best, that if the composition of the selection committee didn't matter, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I, I think that... Mm. That's exactly right, uh, and to have an informal role versus to be formally included—it's it, a very different thing. So I, I've taken it upon myself to to insert myself into that uh, as much as I can into the process, but it's still an informal basis. And um, I would have very much preferred to if if Hamilton would have followed a, a certain. A similar method that other municipalities have used, and basically included everybody that was interested. And it's unfortunate that that was that decision was made by the previous term of council.
0: But Maureen, I'm not going to try to put words in your mouth. I'll use my own words here. Uh, The tone of some of the comments from some of your council colleagues when you had this discussion, not just last night but previously at the committee level, I I found to be somewhat patronizing. Because the message I I garnered from a lot of what was being said from some of those colleagues was, uh, "You guys just aren't up to this."
4: Well, I think the I think the comments and the questions and the tone um, speak for them speak for themselves. and if if uh, it, if this did not matter, then those the nature of those comments uh, wouldn't have come out the way they are. Um, good organizations are always prepared and actually enthusiastic about embracing change. How can we do things better? Um, why are we doing it this way? Um, is there an advancement in doing it some, a different way? And clearly, what we know is that we are at least 10 years behind in how we're doing this. And in fact, what we, we also found out that we are one of the very few municipalities across Canada that has such a narrow approach both to membership on its recruitment committee for a, hiring a city manager and the method, that is used in how they, um, the competencies, the priorities that they set out and what they're looking for. So, you know, a change will come. I'm very, very pleased and proud of the issues that have been raised. Um, this conversation, uh, for me, uh, will not end. Um, I will continue to uh, press for best practice in what we do and to um, Shoot for excellence because Hamilton deserves and needs that.
0: And, and that's it's a laudable goal. on. I'm glad you're not going to give up the fight on this. But uh, I, I go back to process, which is a word that I know an awful lot of people on council love to throw around uh, to, to try to justify uh, any particular move that they're making. How would you have felt as a citizen and, and, and soon to be councilor if the last council had also decided, you know what, um, we're going to pick the committee chairs for the next term of council, uh, and we'll we'll designate who they're going to be? Uh, And then we'll have the election, but but these are the people that are going to be the chairs. There would have been outrage. What do you think you're doing? I mean, wait until you see who's there around the table, and then you make those determinations, which is what they, they did by and large when it came to committee chairs why don't they apply the same standard to this committee it, it's as if they're saying look at you know this is a special committee we just want you know this group here as 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 the pool that we're going to select from it just and i know the justification as well these are the committee chairs well i'm sorry why what, they, they said well that's always been that way that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do
4: i i think um councilor danko um hit the nail on the head in his comments uh last week this is that's actually a, there's a there's a sort of a a false narrative going on this is actually not about the committee chairs Um, that's a different story about how those standing committee chairs are selected uh, behind the scenes there's nothing precluding the addition of uh, newly elected counselors or anybody who's interested from serving on this recruitment committee and as I've just mentioned to you the narrowness of how this is done um, Hamilton is an outlier. Uh, this is not done anymore. <laughs> That's a tradition that is seen for being a tradition. It's on its way out. Um, this is not about standing committee chairs. This is about opening a recruitment process um, to members of, who bring different skills who are elected the same way and enabling them to represent the residents' interests and the corporation's interests in the hiring process
0: a word that was bandied about in the discussion yesterday, John-Paul, that I know some of your colleagues bristled about, but it was uh, it's called unconscious bias. And uh, and it's not overt bias. It's not like, hey, I'm only going to hire a white male for this. But as, as Maureen articulated, if you're in this for the longest time, you, let's face it, you, you, you're, oftentimes your perspective narrows. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and And it happens in industry. It happens in politics. It happens. We see this all the time. Uh, and you look all of a sudden at, for instance, uh, the front row of, of a managerial board here, at, for instance, at city council, and you say, oh, they're all white males. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? And as a matter of fact, it's always been, you know, with one or two odd exceptions. If this were happening in the corporate world, people would be shooting up red flags and saying, wait a second here, I think you've got a problem with your selection process. But I, I'm not hearing a whole lot of your colleagues admitting that maybe we need to reassess the, the process here in Hamilton.
5: Yeah, and and I think... We, we have made so, uh, quite a bit of progress on that, actually, and to give Councillor Wilson and Councillor Nan a whole lot of credit for that because we've been having this discussion about equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, I believe this is the first time that was ever discussed, a five-hour discussion at GIC on those issues. So I, I think Councillor Clark brought up this, uh, this point last night. It's, it's incremental change and that government is not static and there's always room for improvement and while on this particular um issue we, we you know we didn't get the outcome that we would have preferred but i think that we still we've made progress and we Councilor wilson and Councilor Nan have brought this to the forefront we're talking about it right now it's it's on the radar and, and i think the mayor is is committed he ran on um bringing in renewed focus on equality diversity and inclusion and uh, I have every confidence that that that's going to come to the city policy and procedures. And just from my own perspective on on bias, um, you know, I'm a male. I work in a in a male dominated field, and I, and I've seen it myself, where you have. Um, and this is what I said last night. I've seen a quiet, thoughtful woman um, in a meeting be dismissed as ineffective or lacking leadership. I've seen. Uh, assertive women um, come in and, and be seen as very combative and difficult and I don't need to tell you what they're usually called behind this behind their backs and I've seen uh, female engineers a friend a colleague walk into a site trailer and see swimsuit uh, calendars on the wall um, on a construction site and their embarrassment and you know it's it's such an uncomfortable situation but it still happens in this day and age so um, when we talk about biases we we all have them um, but I I honestly believe that we're making progress on that.
0: Well, I'd like to think so, and and I know there was a compromise that was floated out. I should talk about that too, Maureen, because they simply said, "Well, well you can add one other member," and it's it's like, okay, well, let one of the new guys on the council, maybe that'll quiet them down. And that's I, again, that seems somewhat patronizing, and I don't think that's what you were looking for anyway, was it?
4: No, um, and and again, when compromises are are floated, um, they are still floated. I mean. It's not assured, um, so that's one thing. It's fine for someone to say, "Well, let's talk about giving them one," you know, behind the scene, see c- behind the scenes. Um, but those discussions still have to take place. So that wasn't assured anyway. Um, but secondly, um, that that really wasn't what we were talking about. And I do respect and appreciate Councillor Clark's comments that change is incremental. Absolutely, history shows us that. Um, at the same time. Um, having one uh, would have put a sig- all the literature, all the delegates, all the experts tell, tell us that that one person bears a significant burden. Um, and you have to be careful when you pick the one that it's not perceived to be tokenism because the people who are looking for leadership will see it as being tokenism. And that actually can do more damage, um, further damage in their eyes. And we are a public corporation. We have to do our best to re- reflect um, the diversity in our public.
0: As we both know, as we all know, uh, the process has already started to unfurl. There was a, a couple of sessions, I guess, where they've done interviews, and they've already narrowed it down to, a, I guess, a shortlist at this stage. Uh, are you concerned that this process is not going to necessarily provide the best possible candidate for this job? Maureen, I'll go to you first.
4: The intent of the motion was to bring Hamilton into the modern era of, of best practice um, and to have a robust discussion about what is our, um, what does that, what does excellence mean? And um, it, at the end of the day, um, this council will be presented with an option for a city manager. And I think moving forward, it's incumbent upon us to work together with whomever that selection will be. Um, because that's what my residents expect. Um, they expect m- me to, to lead, uh, to work with others, and to do the very best once a decision is made. And that's what I'm committed to doing.
0: Got a few seconds left here, John Paul. Same question to you. Are you concerned that this process, which obviously has its flaws, is not going to produce the best candidate?
5: No, not at all. I think we we have shortlisted uh, a number of really excellent candidates, any one of which is more than qualified to be the city manager. And uh, whoever that ends up being uh, will have my absolute 100% full support. So yeah. I, I'm not concerned about that end process at all.
0: Well, uh, as you said, Maureen, uh, this is not the end of this issue, not the end of the discussion, I certainly hope. And I'd like to think that uh, your colleagues are going to be more open-minded to at, at, uh, at, at looking at this and changing and, and at least having that discussion anyway. Thanks both for uh, jumping in today. really appreciate the time.
4: Thank you. Good Thank morning. You.
0: Take care. Council Maureen Wilson, Council John Paul Dango, uh, talking about the motion last night about hiring practices. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free.